So, Rachel. Yeah? Face to face with Klingon vessels, the USS Senjo prepares for the possibility of war if negotiations fail. Amidst the turmoil, Burnham looks back to her Vulcan upbringing for guidance. Mm. What do you think you're going to get here? I'm guessing we'll get more nuggets from Sarek. He'll suggest get them angry enough to make mistakes, then strike and win their respect. Let's mm. see. That's, that's pretty good. Burnham should be court-martialed, but might get an apology instead. One of the crew no one cares about will get hurt or killed, and they'll fight over whose fault it is. Mm, that's that sounds pretty pretty good. Let's see. Rachel watches Star Trek. Ambassador Sarek, it's good to see you again. Thank you for receiving us, Captain Giorgio. The pleasure is ours. As discussed, this is my ward, Michael Burnham. Hello, Michael. Welcome to the USS St. Joe. And congratulations on your recent commencement. Respect is earned, as is friendliness. Yet, diplomatic niceties must be observed. This is hardly a negotiation. First contact, then. The only human to attend the Vulcan Learning Center and Science Academy rejoins her own kind. You can see my analogy, more or less. Less. I will leave you now. Live long and prosper. Behave. Mm, welcome to Rachel Watch's Star Trek Disco Edition. I'm Rachel Lackett. And I'm Chris Lackey. We are at RachelWatchesStarTrek.com and, of course, on Patreon. Where you can get all of your Star Trek desires fulfilled. Oh, yeah. You can get them a week early on Patreon plus bonus content. Bonus content. And comment show. Don't forget mm-hmm. about that. Oh, yeah. Where we read people's comments. Yours? No, not mine. No, comments. theirs? Theirs, yeah. I'm talking yeah. to them now. We love reading them. God. Love it. Well, this episode begins with a flashback to the year 2249. Sarek has to tell Burnham to be polite. Gee, Louise, mm-hmm. how did she get that way then? She's wearing an amazing floor-length red robe. More Vulcany hair than she has now. So much relaxer. Oh, yeah. To straighten your hair. Well, yeah. yeah. They must be really into that on Vulcan. There's black Vulcans. Yeah? Yeah, and they have curly hair. Right. So. Well, well, I don't know then. No <laughs> facial expression. She seems very cold and more Sarek than Spock or Data, say. Yeah. I think that this is important to her character because she's human and she's found this Vulcan family that she's been adopted by, Sarex, yeah. and it's important for her to fit in. So I think she's overdoing it. Maybe she didn't have to get her hair done like that, but mm. the other Vulcans, the other white Vulcans around her have their hair like that. So she feels the pressure to have her hair like that. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't need to be completely emotionless and cold like this, but because she's been chastised for her emotionality so much, she's gone that far. Yeah. I like this stuff here, especially since I've been watching Discovery. I've got context for the stuff mm. that's happening here. And I think it's good. I think it's really actually very interesting. I suppose it's strange to me because she's the most emotional person on the ship. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened between that scene and now well, to make her that way. She's making what she believes logical decisions. Mm-hmm. Like last episode when she mutinied. Yeah. She thought she was saving everybody's life. But she's dripping with emotion, man. Well, It's see, just bursting out of her. I agree. But yeah. I think she is in a bit of denial about it. I think mm. she thinks she's being totally logical. Right. But fear is the emotion that is driving her, yeah. not pure logic. Well, but, maybe she's do- doing both. 
Could be both. Now we get to the present day, 2256, a recap of what we saw last time. And then Giorgio relieves Burnham of duty and sends her to the brig mm. where she belongs. It's not cool. <laughs> you can't go <laughs> shooting your superior officer. Pinching him. Yeah, not just superior officer, your friend. Well. Gosh. She thought she was saving her. So aboard this command vessel nearby, Dukuvma persuades the leaders of the different houses of the Klingon Empire that he can lead them to victory. And all the different leaders pop up as bluish holographic transmissions in a huddle. Really mm. cool effect. Yeah. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. A couple of female? Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's right. They are dismissive until they see the rest of the Federation fleet arrive. Mm, and they know it's really on. Mm-hmm. Giorgio hails the Klingons and appears on a floating screen. She offers for them to leave or open a negotiation. She's bold, isn't she? Knowing yeah. that she's got no options, actually. Takuvma says, wait for it. She's about to say her catchphrase, we come in peace. Mm-hmm. But she does. The Klingons attack, severely damaging the Senju, including blowing away half the brig. Yikes. Oh, no, Burnham. It's a more brutal attack than we've seen yes, before, and I think. The guy that was running navigation came down there by mistake because he's all concussed and oh, he yeah. gets shot right out the airlock. The whole wall of the brig gets blown out. He gets blown out in space. Yeah, yikes. And he's dead. But mm. then these force fields come up to protect the brig so that it keeps everything in there. Yeah, so she's got a sealed cage. It's got its own life support. Yeah. Hmm. Saru tells Giorgio the brig and many other decks are damaged, but they come under fire before they can think about it. They could send someone to check on Burnham though, couldn't they? Yeah. They don't. Burnham tries to get information from the computer, but it won't answer her. Burnham is knocked unconscious, and we see her injured as a child in her mind's eye. Sarek mind-melding with her to save her life. Mm-hmm. Suddenly she is in a mind-meld with Sarek now. Mm-hmm. I suppose, why is she, how can she mind-meld with him? Yeah, he's doing it. I know, but it's, it's, this is a new Vulcan power. Yes, weird. We've never seen this before, and I've got an idea about it. Mm. Maybe. Maybe it's proven wrong later. I don't remember. But basically, they're having a mind melt. You're disappointed, as you should be. I did not come here to judge your actions. I came because I sensed your your despair. What's wrong? Communicating with you in this manner. The physical cost is significant. Then leave me. Please. Do you think I came here just to say farewell? I would not put my well-being at risk of such sentimentality. The death and destruction raining down on Starfleet, that was to be expected. What I cannot abide is a waste of resources. You're gifted. You're brave. You must do better, because I know you can. You were never one to bolster my self-esteem. Perhaps that is where I failed you. No matter your shame, gather your strength. Find a way to help those who need you. Live long and prosper. Man, he's a much better dad to her than he will be to Spock. I can't remember if they addressed this later, if he actually didn't really contact her. He mind-melded with her when she was a kid to save her life. Yeah. So when you mind meld, part of your essence is in that other person and that person's essence is in you. Mm -hmm. So maybe what's going on here is like in her subconscious, the impression of Sarek is there. Yeah, just drawing on his wisdom. And drawing on his wisdom in in him because it's like a a copy of himself kind of stuck in her mind. 
Yeah, although they, he does specifically say that it's at personal cost and sort of pain yeah. that he does it. Yeah. Which you could so, be imagining, but... Which doesn't make a lick of that's sense. That's not how they're selling it. Yeah. Getting communication from that distance should not be possible. Like, mm-hmm. even with subspace communications, so psychic powers are in subspace and yeah. they're faster than regular subspace? It doesn't make a lot of sense. It says they're a thousand light years apart or something. Crazy. Yeah. Don't, yeah, I don't really get it. Don't, don't know about that. I, I think it would have been better if they just used my explanation where he's in her subconscious. So she's got like a little bit of Sarek in there. Yeah. And, and he's given her that little emotional boost. Yeah. Or just a flashback. Yeah. But they're selling Sarek as more Spock-like than we've known him before, I think. He's tapping into and appreciating her emotions here and encouraging her and having a real human well, I would say human yeah. connection with her. Well, what's different about her and Spock is that she's not his blood. Mm-hmm. She's not Vulcan. So she, he doesn't have the same expectations yeah, of her. I think so. Hmm. I think he's like, I like her. He's tailoring it to her humanness exactly. a bit more. Where, where Spock is like, you're my son and you need to be Vulcan. But he married a human. I know. I know. Anyway, not Still saying he's, he's not a dick. Chip on my shoulder about Sarek. <laughs> So as the Senju gets damaged, force fields turn on to pressurize the ship. The shields and impulse drives are offline. A warship is about to destroy the dead in space Senju, uh, but then it pulls away, Mm. probably to attack a more threatening vessel. Not sure. Unfortunately, the Senju is caught in the gravity of a large asteroid. Just before it hits, the ship is caught in a tractor beam. It is the USS Europa. Save them in the nick of time. Admiral Brett Anderson's hologram appears on the bridge. He's full of it. And he decides he'll be the one to negotiate with the Klingons. Mm-hmm. At last, someone worthy says to Cumver when he appears as a hologram or on their screen. Mm-hmm. What a jerk. He's not impressed with the, with Giorgio. Mm-hmm. We'll do a ceasefire, he says. And then our crew see the Europa being sawn in half. Life pods are shooting out of it as it's evacuating. But oh, is that what they were? Yeah. You see uh, this Klingon ship uncloaking. It's got like this big, it's like a big knife. Just a sharp edge of the spaceship is Yeah, it's like it. a, a spaceship shaped like a big cleaver. Hmm. And it just goes right through it, cutting it in half. I don't get it. Wouldn't it just push the ship along? There's no resistance, is there? So it's not going to be able to cut through it, it's, it? If it's thr- If it's got thrusters, yeah. Yeah. Would it? Don't. Maybe uses a, a series of tractor beams mm. and pulls it into it. I don't so know. So it's holding it towards it and cutting through it. Could be. I'm just spitballing here. Mm. Anyway, the Europa self-destructs and both ships blow apart. To Starfleet's surprise, all ships leave except for Takuvma's. All the Klingon ones. Yes. He has convinced them to go back to uh, Kronos, united against the Federation. You will live, he tells the Senju crew, to tell the story that we are back. Oh, dear. Meanwhile, Burnham isn't taking the computer's no for an answer. She wants it to save her. She uses ethical logic to persuade it to open a hole in the shield, which will blow her out. And if it opens the door to the hallway, she'll be pulled into the ship. Whoa. Do you get it? I, oh, yeah, I totally get it. I don't know if it would quite work unless it wasn't pressurized in the hallway, because if it opened up a hole, there would be air that would blow at her and push her back out of that other hole. Oh, did they open another door as well, which would push her across to that door or something? They, yeah, because it's like, it's like a balloon, you know, there's pressurized air in there. So once they open up a hole, the air would shoot out, she would shoot out. But mm-hmm. if they open up another hole with air in it, the air would shoot out and it would stop her and push her. She yeah. needs that momentum. So I'm, I'm guessing that it wasn't pressurized and then they pressurize it once she gets in there. 
Huh. Well, okay. Basically, uh, she talks it to death and it works. Yes, she does. And Star Trek author Keith R.A. DeCandido was also highly amused by Burnham whipping out that old Trek standby of outlogicking a computer. In this case, escaping the damaged brig before the force field died. Only unlike when Kirk did it, Burnham's logic actually made sense. Yeah. <laughs> also, why did she suddenly have access to the computer? It had refused her access before. Well, she can talk to it. It just said... You're not allowed you know, to have she, any info. Any info. But she, when she was presenting this, look, I'm going to die. You said that there's only 15 more minutes of this power mm. and your ethical routines don't allow you to let me die. Yeah. And so the computer's like, OK, yeah, you got a point. Mm. <laughs> Why was the computer in there anyway, though? The computer's everywhere. It shouldn't be so easily talked around, should it? There was no talking to it unless her life was in danger, which it was. But then it doesn't do anything to get her captured as soon as she gets out the door. Mm, no, it probably could have alerted people, but I think people were probably freaking out because mm -hmm. of a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah. Sci-fi writer Christopher L. Bennett said her skin shouldn't have iced over as she was on her way back yeah. into the ship mm -hmm. because contrary to popular belief, vacuum is an insulator. So you lose heat considerably more slowly in a vacuum than in atmosphere. Yes. Yeah. Mm. That was something I learned recently as well, because for heat to go away from your body, it needs to be conducted. Right, and yeah. since space is a, a vacuum, there's, yeah. it's very hard for that heat to conduct away from your body. So well, that's how thermos flask works. Exactly. Yeah. But I didn't know it was ice on her face. I thought it was sort of the blood being sucked out or the veins coming to the surface oh, yeah, or something. Pressure. Yeah. But there was ice. Not the blood being sucked out. That's silly. It looked cool. That's, you know, what they're going for. So on the bridge, Saru and Giorgio try to find a plan, figure out what they can do. They have no warp. They have no phasers. Ooh. And Saru says, well, we could transport photon torpedoes to the Klingon ship. Have we had this before? I know we've transported Tribbles over to the Klingons before. <laughs> don't know about weapons, though. No, I don't think they have. Sounds kind of familiar, though. It does familiar. Mm, it does seem familiar. Mm. Did they transport that device back to the Ferengi in that episode of TNG? I don't remember. Oh, dear, guys. Don't remember. You'll know you encyclopedias out there. And then, just as I was convinced that the Klingons were pure evil and was excited about a plan to get them, they messed with my head with a lovely tiny scene showing it's not all black and white. I'll be Takuvma and you be Laurel, a female Klingon. Oh, okay. And our dead? They float untethered on the battlefield, soon to be lost. Task everyone with retrieving them. I will prepare each of the slain for entombment with my own hands. We read it there, guys, because it was in Klingon in yeah. the yeah, episode. So I loved that. Yeah. Because I thought, oh, this guy is noble and respectful of the dead, and he wants to go that extra mile to do it himself, and that generated empathy Yeah. for them as well. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, the, the sacrifice all those Klingons mm -hmm. made yeah. means something to him. Yeah. Uh, Giorgio is determined to kill Takuvma. Just then, Burnham shows up with some more Klingon intel, she says, killing Takuvma would make him a martyr, mm. uniting them all forever. And she says, we need to capture him and shame him. The captain tells Burnham, she's not angry. She's just disappointed. Oh, no. You know? And she hoped Burnham would have been more loyal to her. Burnham says, I wanted to save you more than I wanted to adhere to Starfleet principles. Wow. Yeah, I guess so. But guess what? When it's you join Starfleet, you got to stick yeah. to the principles. That's the whole thing. Rules are rules. We can't attack first. That's not what Starfleet does. We got to offer peace first. That's a, that's how we roll. Even though, you should probably attack first. Well, they haven't been trained to deal with Klingons, have they? They should be. It's a whole new ball game. Yeah. Burnham offers to drive the warheads herself. That means like get 
in a little spacesuit, basically, and have some warheads and fly over there. Oh, well, carry them over herself? Well, because if they transport them, I think they would be detected. And if they have shields, you can't transport past the shields. Yeah, they can't transport them into the ship. So what they would have to do is just... Go and stick them on the outside or something. Right, so she'd probably die. Oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. She's she's saying, you know, she's, she'll do the suicide mission. Mm. But then they see that the dead Klingons are being retrieved uh, via tractor beam. So she's got a plan. And I hope that's not the only reason they had that little scene I liked. I hope it wasn't just inadvertent that that oh, I don't made think things so. more complex. I don't think so. I think that scene is sh- showing that uh, Takuvma is a true believer. He's not in mm. it to gain power for himself. He really wants to un- unite the Klingon Empire and he's willing to die for it. Yeah. And by their ethical code, he's a good Klingon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As Takuvma mourns the dead, Saru beams photon torpedoes onto the Klingon dead as they're tracted up. It works, and the ship suffers a huge explosion. Yeah, the whole neck of the ship is just blown apart. It's like separated. It's pretty huge. Burnham and Giorgio are beamed aboard, and they have phasers already drawn, and they stun a few fools. Yeah, they do. And then Burnham is an unrealistically good match for Vok in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. Because they're not trained as fighters, these guys, are they? As no. badass as they look? Well, I got to say, I was a little disappointed because this is Michelle Yeoh. Oh, Why absolutely. wasn't she going to town? Ta- I guess maybe she's a Starfleet captain and she shouldn't have had martial arts. But come Don't on. Don't cast her then. Don't tempt us like yeah. that and then do this. <laughs> I thought it was time for some crouching tiger realness for sure. Yeah. Not at all. No. So Giorgio fends off Takuvma. After a brief tussle... He stabs Giorgio and Burnham shoots Takuvma. Oh. She actually changes her phaser setting. Oh, did she change it? Yeah, you can see her do it oh, to kill. And she freaking kills him out of anger because it defeats the whole purpose of their mission. Oh, Sarek. She was just you so tried. angry, yes, that she kills him because they were mm. supposed to capture him. Yes, that was the whole thing. It was her advice. It was her idea. Now this guy's going to be a martyr. Oh. Good going, Burnham. What a mess. She rushes over to recover the captain's body, but Saru can read the the sensor readings that she's dead and doesn't allow her to get to the body, beams her back beforehand. Yeah. Talk about stupid experts rating. Oh, my God. Initially, was Burnham really the person to double team with Georgie at all? No. What was she doing there? No. Some bad, bad choices here. Bok vows that Takuvma's legacy will be carried forward. I bet it will. Yep. Dozens of escape pods launch from the doomed Shenju. Yeah, back on Earth, Burnham stands before a Starfleet board of court-martial. To the charge of dereliction of duty. To the charge of assaulting a fellow officer. To the charge of mutiny. To all these charges, how do you plead? Guilty. The accused cannot be heard. Guilty on all counts. Is there anything you would like to say in your defense before a sentence is rendered? From my youth on Vulcan, I was raised to believe that service was my purpose. And I carried that conviction to Starfleet. I dreamed of a day when I would command my own vessel and further the noble objectives of this great institution. That dream is over. The only ship I know in ruins. My crew. 
friend. I wanted to protect them from war, from the enemy. And now we are at war. And I am the enemy. It is our ruling that the defendant, Commander Michael Burnham, be stripped of rank and hereby sentenced to imprisonment for life. Ouch. How's she going to get out of this one? No, Discovery is the Star Trek version of Oranges of the New Black. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Sounds know great. <laughs> <laughs> Which already has an actress from Star Trek in, I believe. Yeah. Kate so Mulgrew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. Obviously, she'll get Don't out of it. Don't tell me. Well, she's going to get out of it. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> but that's the end of the first episode. Man, I got a lot of I want to talk about here. So let's get into it. Concepts. All right. A cut scene involved the young Takuvma aboard the sarcophagus. I guess that was his previous ship or the ship. No, no. That's the, the main ship that he's on. It was like an old beaten up. He inherited it from his father who had it. And then it was his goal to get that ship up and running again. Oh. So and, and he did over the years. It's his enterprise. Basically, yeah. It was stuck in the sand at Kronos, and he promised Kalis that he would raise the hallowed ship of his ancestors to the stars with all the living and all the dead aboard it and would reunite the great houses for which he would forever be revered. This scene went before he's told that the Federation ships were hiding or scattered in pieces. And the footage is included in the special features of the DVD and Blu-ray. Do you think that would have added anything? You already knew that. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was in the episode, but maybe it wasn't. Maybe I'm remembering other things. He does talk about it. When I read that, although usually it's the case when I read a cutscene, I think, nah, I didn't need it. Um, I I kind of thought I got that from him anyway. Yeah, I got. It. I don't think they needed that scene. Yeah, we had Sarek mind melding the Catra thing as an alternative to a hologram meeting. Is he just hanging around thinking about her all the time, just available? <laughs> At all times. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit annoying with this is, yeah, his, his accessibility. I think I, I mentioned on the last episode when she calls, he's just standing there. Standing there, there yeah. yeah. ready to go. Did he bring her back from the dead when she was a kid? And that's why he's totally connected to, with yeah. her a la McCoy and, and Spock. Yeah, you mind melded. Well, he didn't bring her back from the dead. I think she was dying and he was able to get in there and somehow use not only a mind meld, but his Vulcan spirit to kind of push her, you know, fight to live as opposed mm. to letting herself just die yeah is that a thing <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah i think for sure if there's people that if you're injured or severely hurt and you just go eh, and then you just kind of lay there or you mm. go i'm gonna uh, you know i'm gonna get, get up i'm gonna get help i'm adrenaline gonna go in and yeah exactly yeah, get back online Sometimes, obviously, you don't have a choice. Well, yeah. <laughs> but it's sometimes I think there's that point where you can just kind of give up and bleed out. He could have physically rescued her. Hmm. Self-destruct was actually used. We've had that threatened quite a few times before by Starfleet ships, well, particularly the Enterprise. The Enterprise was self-destruct. Of course it did. Yeah. Oh. Killed the Klingons, remember? The court-martial was used, as it should have been. Yeah. We had escape pods. Uh, no saucer separation by then, I guess. George, you did say it was an old ship in the flashback. Yeah. We had torpedoes transported onto bodies, mm-hmm. a group hollow meeting. Mm-hmm. It looked cool. Interpersonal concepts. They were either rushed or unrealized. I wasn't really able to grab onto any of the relationships or the sort of 
internal tussles or that kind of thing. Yeah. Obviously, they tried to do the Vulcan human emotion. Well, I think it's shame thing. Burnham is this really repressed person, and she has these very high standards, and she tries to adhere to them. She's super smart, pulling her weight around other Vulcans. But I think being human and repressing all those motions has made her a bit cuckoo. Yes, and, like and pressure cooker. It's weird for me because I haven't seen Burnham being repressed. I've only seen her being emotional. Uh, so it's a bit hard to believe the Vulcan part, apart from the flashbacks. She's trying to be super logical to the point that she's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. But that's like overcompensating. Well, we're dealing with her now, aren't we? Her personality now doesn't seem to bear any relation to the flashback personality. She doesn't seem particularly Vulcan. Oh, well, yeah, she's been serving on the Senju for five years now. Yeah, I think that's mm. what it was. So, yeah, I think she's mellowed out a bit. But then we had that trigger of the Klingons and that for her, who killed her parents. Yeah. And almost killed her, set her spiraling. And then we had problems. Yeah. Well, she just seems human to me. I'm not I'm not getting it. So for concepts, five out of ten. Yeah, there's nothing really new conceptually here. The Vulcan mind melt. Didn't really teleconference thing is understand. kind of the newest thing. Doesn't make any sense. I, I think that's kind of out there. They're stretching what Vulcans can do. Mm. They're stepping into Jedi territory there. I'm going to give it a l- lower concept oh. four. Oh, dear. Yeah. Entertainment. It was a great moment when the Klingons had crippled the Shenju. Burnham was in danger. Giorgio was scared. And then they juxtaposed that with Takuvma gathering the dead to be honored and committing to preparing each of their caskets personally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A skilled moment of generating empathy for both sides. So, as you know, I liked that bit. Yeah, sure. Takuvma actor Chris Obi loved having a fight scene with martial arts expert Michelle Yeoh. Oh, my God. And kept yelling, I kicked Michelle Yeoh's ass. (laughs) On set, <laughs> there was way too little foo for me. Oh, yeah. Especially since the promise of it was there in her being cast. You've killed her off already, and that's the only fight she gets to do? Four mm. seconds? Yeah, well, I guess it doesn't really make sense for her character to be a martial arts expert, but I say, why not? Yeah! We just wrote the character. Kirk why was. can't she be? Yeah. yeah. She might have a gammy hip or something. Yeah, she's she's much older than when she was doing all those martial arts movies. But yeah. they could have had a stunt person doing the kicks to the face and yeah. stuff, couldn't they? Yeah. One of the writers, Aaron Harberts, explained how they used the entire story of both of these episodes just to set up for the ending. He said, we wanted to build that relationship between Burnham and Giorgio so we could then yank it away. I say, eh. I mean, I wasn't particularly invested in their relationship, if that's what it was all leading to well i I think what they're trying to do is show you how burnham screwed up what kind of ghost she's going to be having going into this episode when we pick it up you'll know what's going to happen obviously that she messed up huge arguably she could be the one that started the federation klingon war because of the two klingons she killed obviously she's got a lot of guilt on her and we've actually see this guilt as opposed to hearing about it or getting backstory or flashbacks or anything. We're given this before the real story starts. Also, Georgiou knew the brig was compromised, but didn't send anyone to rescue Burnham. Because they were in the middle of a combat that yeah, might destroy. It's supposed to be like 300 people on that or however many hundred. Yeah, uh-huh. they all have jobs and probably about half of them were dead already. Oh, no. They were in big trouble and... She probably thought she might have even been dead already. Like, if she doesn't keep on the ball, they're all going to be dead. Yeah. So she's able to stay practical. Yeah. But Burnham's not. No. 
And this writer, Erin Harbert, said this episode was meant to show exactly what kind of show Discovery would be, which is lots of fighting, seeing it from the Klingon's point of view. Dramatic, I guess, as well. Lots of drama, lots of flawed characters, maybe. Yes, yeah, conflict. Not many laughs. There's not a lot of comedy in Discovery. There's one character that's kind of the comic relief, but generally, yeah, it's it's kind of Mm. uh, heavy. Right, yeah. yeah. I'm not, not sure if I'm going to get along with this, am I? Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. How did you feel when you saw all the Starfleet ships of different designs? I thought it was super cool. Did yeah, that I loved appeal it. to your nerd? Oh, yeah, nerd-ness? absolutely. Yeah, I thought it might. There's loads of boring crap about this on Memory Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> John Eves produced somewhere between 60 and 70 different designs for the Starfleet vessels. Wow. Each of which explored different ways of combining the traditional Starship components of the TOS Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Virtually all of them had a saucer and warp nacelles, although everything else was open to change. That's from Star Trek Discovery Designing Starships. Neat. As usual, I didn't really connect with that stuff, but I thought yeah. it might mean something to you. Yeah, yeah. Fabulous sets. Again, the brig enjoyed how they realized that kind of laser web mm-hmm. or something. We saw more inside the Klingon ship, very ornate and decorative in there compared to the stark modernity of the Shenju. Mm-hmm. Good pace. I was never bored, but never quite invested either. Visually stunning. Seven out of ten. I think that's very fair. I really enjoyed it, but Mm. I think I enjoyed it because I've watched all of Discovery so far. And going back and watching it, I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah, I've heard a few people say that. Yeah. Yeah. On a second watch, you see how it's laying the groundwork and you already care about the characters. Yeah, and I'm appreciating it. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, no, eight. Might, no, eight. Does it get eight? Eight's high. You've got to try and imagine yourself yeah. watching it for the first time. Seven. Sexiness. Yes, Burnham and George, you are sexy. Klingons have something going on at times, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah. But something, you know? Yeah. Three out of five. Obviously, Michelle Yeoh, she's got the goods. Oh, yeah. And Burnham is, is gorgeous. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. So, yeah, three out of five. Stupid experts. Well, it all went spectacularly wrong because Burnham couldn't persuade... And Georgiou had to follow Starfleet rules. Mm -hmm. And also because Burnham went to investigate alone earlier and killed a Klingon, obviously. Georgiou was able to rock them with a torpedo on a body trick, Saru's idea, Mm -hmm. and go for Burnham's idea of taking Takumva hostage. So that was good. Pretty stupid to go there alone, just the two of them. Really stupid to take Burnham there. No armor, no guards. They're not fighters. One of them's completely unhinged. That's got to be a four out of five for stupidity. Yeah. If not five, they could have all died. It's one tragic mistake here is that Giorgio felt like Burnham needed to prove herself mm. and was going to allow her to do it by doing this mission. Because she was going to be court-martialed after oh, it yeah. anyway. Yeah. And, but then this, oh, this on, I mean, she poops the bed. Don't give her a phaser. Just think. She should have been able to see that... Burnham was unhinged. She's off. Mm-hmm. She's not She's not acting like she normally acts. She's freaking out. Well, she'd still be in the brig if it hadn't yeah. been exploded. Giorgio made a mistake. Yeah. It's Giorgio's fault. Oh, Burnham, that's harsh. I know it's harsh, but Burnham is out of her mind. Yeah. She's making terrible mistakes. Her emotions are totally controlling her. The dam has been burst. Giorgio should go, go to your quarters or whatever. Yeah. You're not. Great then, idea. I'm taking it. Yes. You've redeemed yourself with that idea. Yes. Good job. Good job. You have a sticker later, but you're not coming. In the writing, this is how I see it. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, it's, some would argue this is bad writing, but I think Giorgio saw Burnham was hurting. Burnham needed to 
prove herself. And she was like, okay, you're coming with me. We're going to do this and we're going to make everything right. Yeah. And that mm. was wrong. Mm. And it's very Kirk and Spock. Yeah. That the two main best oh, friends yeah. will go and do everything. Yeah, exactly. Well. And that's just Star Trek. That's, that's Star how Star Trek. Trek works. Yeah. So I don't think it's bad writing. I think it's actually good writing, but they're flawed characters. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes for interesting storytelling. So yeah. stupid. Oh, it's stupid. They're still stupid, <laughs> stupid experts. Stupid, all right. Five but, out of five. I, I'm going to say five out, out of five because, okay. I mean, Giorgio's one huge mistake is going to cost millions of lives. Yikes, that wipes out entirely their concepts rating. This is going to be a <laughs> pretty low-rated episode. Now I'm questioning <laughs> stupid experts because is stupid experts about the writing? No. I think it is. I think that when you have characters doing stupid things that don't make sense to their characters, that's when we get stupid experts. Hmm. When, you know, they forget that they've got force fields, they go, oh, wait, why don't we just transport them out? Or why don't we ask the telepath to come up and do this? You know, those things, it's basically bad writing. They're not using their technology or their abilities. I don't think it's within the story. Huh. I mean, maybe. I don't know. How have you been doing it? Well, I don't know these characters yet. Would Giorgio do this? Well, she did. <laughs> We can say that about any decision a character but she makes. Did, but, but it makes sense to me. I get it. Like on an emotional level, she it wasn't logically, it didn't make sense. But on an emotional level, it seems like a very human, real thing to do. And I don't think that that is bad writing. I think that's actually really good writing. So I hate to penalize mm. it for that. We need your help, guys. So, boy, well, how does this fall? How does the stupid experts fall then? I don't know. We're going to have to suspend the score for now, Rafe, I think. Yeah. And everybody tell us what you'd put for stupid experts yes. and how you think we should yeah. score it. Your guesses? Yes, more nuggets from Sarek, mm -hmm. but not the theory I thought. Mm -hmm. In fact, he was more giving encouragement than advice. Yeah. Bizarre. Yes, Burnham was court-martialed. Yes. No, she didn't get an apology. No. Nope. One of the crew no one cares about will get hurt or killed. Yes, yes. Connor. But they don't really fight no. over whose no. fault it is. No. And sadly, George, you also got killed. Oh, yeah. Yowzers. Good grief. Yeah. Lots of action. Well, I want to thank some patrons. Yeah. Welcome, Lieutenant Erin Katz. Welcome, Ensign Ed Sizemore. Thank you both. We're doing these a little bit early to get ahead for Christmas. So if you've joined in the, in the past two weeks, we'll be thanking you soon. And happy three-year anniversary to the following champions. Lieutenant F.B., uh, Lieutenant Stefan Anundi. Ensign Eric Top. Lieutenant Commander Kurt Orozco. Lieutenant Commander Daniel Wiley. Ensign John Jenkins. Lieutenant John F. Rochere. Ensign Russell McClellan. Ensign Brian Callahan. Lieutenant Alex Clymer. Thank you so much, all of you. And there's more three-year anniversaries still. Coming yes, soon. there's still more. Okay, so next week I'm going to give you guys a little clip. I'm rushing out. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Shields up. Go to red alert. Fire torpedoes. A surprise attack hurls the Enterprise into a mysterious void. Better show nothing out there. But a sinister alien traps the crew in a deadly experiment. We will fight you. It's a desperate battle for survival. Initiate auto-destruct sequence. On the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. All right, that's it. Looking forward to going back to the next generation. I'm I'm really loving these guys. Yeah. Such a great crew. Aww. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to... Rachel Watches Star Trek. Disco, disco, disco.
Rachel watches Star Trek.